This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's happening, guys? We're live again. This is your Thursday edition. Some of you will listen to this on Friday. We are pumped. We have a great guest who is under a time restriction, so we are going to bring him in quickly. He's the Athletics lead. Well, I think he doesn't label himself as the lead guy, but he's the voice for the Athletic on the draft. One of the best guys doing this. Uh, not just a you know, not just a great guy covering the NFL, uh, but the guy who takes his time for people like me who does uh, you know that stuff doesn't get missed. So I appreciate Dane. I'm going to bring Dane on. Uh, Dane Brugel, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Jake. <clears throat> my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm going to dig right into this because there's a ton of stuff that we need to talk about here. And I, you listen, first of all, if you guys have not gotten his draft guide, the beast, it's, it's the best one out there. It goes in detail about strengths, weaknesses, background, age. I couldn't tell you, Dan, how many times we've wondered about age for some of these guys. And he finally right. gave us an, I don't know, there needs to be a huge database that comes out on this stuff because we just, the Browns have all of these guidelines we think are in place about guys of a certain age. And it's like, okay, sure. is he 23? Is he 24? Is he 22? We don't know. So we guess most of the time until we can figure something out. You even tracked it on Twitter a little bit, which is funny, looking up guys' Twitter feeds and uh, happy to turn 21, stuff like that. Anyway, um, listen, we're going to talk about your five guys you love for the Browns. Uh, I know you're on Cleveland Browns Daily today. If people miss that, I think that you're going to answer a lot of the same way, and that's okay because I think as, as broad an audience here we can, uh, talk to me about guys you like in that range of 26 for Cleveland, and even if they kind of maybe sneak a trade down in that area too. Well, I think it starts with Greg Newsom uh, at corner, uh, at the corner out of Northwestern, six foot, 192 pounds. Uh, you know, you, you like what he, uh, the athleticism that he puts on tape. And then he backed it up at his pro day, four three eight in the 40-yard dash. He was uh, under seven seconds in the three cone. Uh, Size-wise, you know, I wish he were a little bit longer, but he hit six foot, uh, 192 pounds, which is better than I thought. He, he look, has a very wiry frame. So I wasn't sure if he was going to, you know, be over 185, but he comes in at 192, which is a good, uh, I think, a good weight for him. Probably even get a little bit stronger. Um, then, and really, that's the kind of the rub with him. And uh, you know, you look at the, what you wish were better, uh, and uh, missing at least three games every single year, the, the last three years, not ideal. And but that's part of the reason we're talking about him as maybe a possibility at 26 and why, you know, he's not a surefire top 20 pick like, you know, I think his talent says that maybe he should be that. And then you just wish he had more interceptions. Uh, you, you wish, you know, he, he led the Big Ten and passes defended this past year, 25 passes defended uh, over the last three years combined, but only one pick to show for it. So you wish he's turning some of those. Uh, some of it's getting his hands on the ball, but you wish turn his, some of those into turnovers, no forced fumbles, 
something else that you know you wish he was a little better at. But this guy's a route magnet, so I'm a I'm a big fan of of Greg Newsom and what he could mean for this team, this defense, this scheme. Uh, a, a guy you you know step in from day one and, and going to contribute. Um, you know, I, I know that some people hear the missed at least three games the last three years and kind of, eh, I don't know. You look at Denzel Ward, the time that he's missed, and oh. I, I get that. I get that skepticism. But, again, that's why maybe this player uh, could be available at 26 because of that. So something to keep in mind there with him. Um, you know, So I, similar traits to Denzel too, right? Like I kind of yeah. watch him, and I see some of that mirror technique, the shiftiness in the hips. I think Denzel had a little bit of ball question too, uh, a ball right. finding the football that Ohio State – you know, just kind of face guarding stuff, going through the football at the top of the ball. So I watched him. I saw a little bit of that. That's why I'm li- I like that you're attracted to him. If they want to go like a bigger corner, maybe they want to go opposite of that wiry frame Denzel Greedy have. Is there a bigger corner that you like in that range? Uh, you know, I, I not really in that range. I mean, there, there's yeah. Caleb Farley, who we just don't know where he's going to fall. He, he's got uh, the durability issues. He's a top 10 talent, but the durability yeah. issues are going to drop him. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's anybody's guess about how teams are going to really uh, look at Caleb Farley. If they wanted a bigger corner, probably waiting until day two uh, or a trade down scenario. And that's where maybe you look at in the second round, a guy like uh, Ifiatu Melifonwu from Syracuse, who's six two and a half, two hundred and five pounds, really mm-hmm. physical player, uh, not afraid to mix things up. But he has athleticism too. Uh, you know, he's not just a uh, a big guy who's going to out physical you. He has some speed. Uh, you know, he has some twitch to his movements. Um, uh, he, he's a guy that can play man, can play zone. So Melifon, who I think fits more of that physical profile. If you want a bigger corner, uh, if, that, if that's what they're looking for. Um, back to the first round, I, I think I'm really interested in some of these pass rushers that are going to be there in that range. Uh, and, you know, obviously bringing in Jadavion Clowney is great. Um, you know, it's a one-year contract. I don't think that Clowney uh, deal is going to change your draft strategy at all. Um, I still think pass rusher is going to be high on their list. If the right pass rusher is there at 26, it, you know, Clowney being in the fold is not going to change how they attack that, at least in my opinion. Um, and I, I think when you look at these pass rushers, uh, it'll be interesting to see which ones are off the board at that point. You know, Aziz Ajaleri, Quiddy Pay. It's hard to say. Jalen Phillips, he's got his own set of issues. Jason Owe is really the interesting one uh, to me and his fit with this defense. He uh, There's some things about him that you say, okay, you know, I think he'd be a fit, but there's some other things where maybe he wouldn't be. And, you know, the, obviously what would be a fit is, his, he's the freakiest of the freaks when it just comes to the athleticism. 6'5", 260 pounds. <laughs> the guy ran a 4'3'7 at his pro day. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, the, the freaky athleticism that he offers off the edge is tremendous. And there's the zero sacks. It, it sticks out like a sore thumb uh, in seven games this past year. But, I mean, you watch the film, and he's getting he's getting to the backfield. He's disrupting what the quarterback is doing. It just he didn't get home. And... I think we get hung up on sacks a little too much. I think disruption is production. And if you're affecting what the quarterback is doing, if you're affecting that backfield rhythm, that's what you need to do as a pass rusher. So Jason Owe is really, really intriguing. Um, you know, he's a little bit older for a redshirt uh, sophomore. And I think that's where, you know, you kind of wonder he's, he's uh, he'll be 22 on draft weekend, which you know isn't that old. But for this team, which we know factors in age, um, you know, that matters. But at the same time, you could look at, okay, he started playing football as a junior high school. 
So in football yeah. years, he's still pretty young. Um, and so how do you balance that? And that's something that I think this, these are the type of conversations that I think the Browns are having within, uh, you know, the, the, the walls and Berea there. So uh, Jason Owe is really, intri- have you watched Owe at all? I have. I mean, I, I'm more interested in your opinion. I, I have not watched enough. Let me get, let me answer this in a more honest nature. I've seen clips. I don't like sure. saying I've seen clips and that justifies being studying a guy. But like, I, I'm I'm more interested in your opinion. A, does he have bend? Does he have the ankle flexibility you think to turn the corner naturally? And B, is it is it in your opinion maybe a, a lack of refinement in technique, club rip, uh, you know, different things he can do, swim moves to get there. He just needs to learn, absorb those things, and working with somebody like Miles, working with somebody like you know Jadevi in his first year. Even Tax got some things that he can bring to the table. Right. Like, is that is that kind of a mesh? Because in my opinion. I don't think they're going to be afraid of somebody that needs time to develop. Like, I just don't think they, they, they're going to fear it because we have all these guys who can bring you along. It's, it's a, do you have the personality that's going to drive you to work your butt off? B, do you have natural traits? Are you a freaky athlete? Can you turn the corner naturally? Can you do those innate things naturally? Cause C, we're going to bring you along and teach you how to use your hands, fight at the point of contact. Is that something you see with OA, the right attitude, the, the ability to bring that technique, maybe someday kind of like, where is he as a, as a pass rusher, I guess is what I'm getting at for you. Yeah, and I think he has a lot of that stuff. I mean, because he is a flexible guy with the way he moves, uh, very limber. Um, you know, he, he has no problem cornering and softening the edge because he has some power in his hands, um, quick, efficient. I, it just It's about developing those complementary moves and patching them together. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to understand what the moves are. It's another thing to use them in unison with timing. And we yeah. know that, that's, that as a pass rusher, your, your goal is to break down the rhythm of blockers. And so, so much of that goes into tape study and understanding set points, uh, understanding what blockers like to do so you can use that against them. And that's where he's still just learning and, and understanding yeah. what it takes to be a refined pass rusher. Uh, you know, you watch the Indiana tape and I think you see a lot of the, what, what gets you excited and why I, I think a lot of teams are going to consider him in, in that late first round. So, He's just super intriguing. Uh, a lot of things that you covet at the position is just, you know, he's not there yet. And it's just a little bit of work in progress. But I, I think he is, he has shown enough that is going to get you uh, excited and make you think about him. Um, another guy that, I mean, okay, let's go to the second round. Um, I, sure. The wide, the wide receivers are really interesting. Um, it, obviously, on paper, it doesn't really look like a need for this team. But, you know, Jarvis Landry, Odo Beckham. Are one or both of these guys going to be on the roster after 2021? I, I don't know. Uh, you know, look, you look at the money, you look at you know the situation. Maybe, um, but it maybe this is a, a spot in the second round where okay, this is a stacked wide receiver group. Let's get our wide receiver now, give him a year of development, and then we project him as a starter going into his year two. So I think that's something that we have to consider here uh, with this wide receiver class. And one of my favorites at pick, what, 59, right, yep, I believe? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. One of my favorites at that point, and he might not even last this long, uh, but De'Ami Brown uh, from North Carolina, who I think checks a lot of boxes with what this team looks for. Um, you know, he's a young player. He's 21 years old, uh, a true junior, um, plenty of speed, 4-4-4 athlete, and he's the best double-move receiver in this draft. Uh, his ability to set up defensive backs, leverage corners, uh, use the you know settle his feet, use a subtle body movements, and explode downfield. Um, outstanding tracking skills. Uh, he will have some easy drops. That, that happens on his film. 
but he tracks the ball really well and he gets behind the defense. So I think he is a... We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A, in a lot of ways, an unrefined Stefan Diggs, you know, in a, in a lot of his movements and the way that he can break off routes uh, with the speed and just the, the natural movements that he has. Uh, but he's not there yet. And he's still young, still getting better. Uh, but the play speed, uh, like I said, the double moves, that's what I think I'm banking on with him. And he averaged over 20 yards of catch the last two years at North Carolina, 20 touchdowns over the last two years. So he can find the end zone. Big plays are all over his tape. Uh, last year alone, he had five plays over 50 yards. So big fan of De'Ami Brown. I think he's he's a guy to consider if he were to be available in that late second round. Have you watched any, any of uh, De'Ami Brown? Yeah, very, very, very good football player. Like you said, a couple yeah. here and there where you're like, man, I can't believe you didn't bring that football in. He's still young, though. Uh, I think there's still some concentration things that you have to have time. But I like how I like the route tree. I like the quarterback he worked with. I like everything about what he brings to the table. The double moves are spot on. Uh, really, it, and I'm going to ask you about another wide receiver here in a second. Kind of, in my opinion, you know, as far as the nuance of setting up double moves, head fake, shoulder fake, all that stuff. He's got a very, I think, advanced nature. Uh, to that part of his game at age 21. I want to ask you about two people back around one. Diami's good, and we've talked about him on this pod a lot. I'm sure you've talked to a lot of Cle- a lot of Cleveland people about him. Mm-hmm. I want to backtrack to the, to this point. You talked about corners and you talked about edge guys. Maybe Ilajari's gone. Maybe Pay has gone. Maybe they don't value OA like some people do. And, and maybe those corners we're talking about, Farley, Newsom, Sertan, Horn, are all gone. They're up at pick 26. If a guy like Rashad Bateman is there, I don't know where you stand on Rashad Bateman. Is that a guy you're interested in if you're at 26 for Cleveland and then maybe getting a corner in the second round? Or is that too rich for your blood? Yeah, you know, I I think it makes sense. If you get wiped out, if your first round picks are wiped out, because, you know, picking at 26, you don't know how the first 25 picks are going to go. I'm sure the Browns have a wish list of probably five or six guys that they think, okay, one of these guys are going to be there. And if they get wiped out with Greg Newsom gone and the pass rushers gone, and the guys they consider uh, first-round players, but maybe they have a first-round grade on Rashad Bateman or even Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Yeah. I think he's another guy that could be a fit uh, with what this offense wants to be. Uh, you know, they, they speed is uh, at a premium, and Elijah Moore has plenty of it. Rashad Bateman, uh, even though he tested uh, like a, an above-average athlete, I don't know that he always plays up to that speed. But his route savvy is tremendous, and yeah. you know, I, I graded him as you know right in that late first round range. So I don't think it's a, it's a reach by any means. Um, but he's, he's a guy that's easy to like because he's, he's got polish to him. He understands like every step has a purpose 
uh, from his releases to his stems to the way he gets open. Um, you know, he he uh, attacks the ball well away from his body. Uh, I think he needs to get better in contested windows. Uh, there are times mm-hmm. where that'll just his you can tell his focus is a little disrupted. So I'd like to see him be a little more consistent there. But he's a guy that's I just think is an easy football player to like. Um, and so as long as he you know you feel good about. Uh, you know, just everything about him off the field and all that, then, yeah, I think he's a guy that if you get wiped out, uh, you consider him, which you know, it kind of sounds crazy about the Browns and a wide receiver in the first round. But, you know, where we are with this team, I, I think the roster is set up where they can truly go with the best player available there. They don't have to say, okay, we're going to go defense and defense only in the first round. We're going to go – it has to be an edge rusher or corner. Um I do think that the, if there's a high percentage that it's going to be an edge rusher or a corner at pick 26, but they're in a position where it doesn't have to be. So, you know, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, those two guys worth keeping uh, in mind if that's how the board falls and that's the way they want to go. Cause, and I think it's worth pointing out that edge rusher corner, both those positions stretch and you could say the same about receiver, but uh, you know, you'll go pass rusher. If I can get a Peyton Turner at pick 59, uh, the pass oh. rusher out of Houston, I'm feeling great about that. Um, and, you know, there's obviously no guarantee when you're picking at 26, you just don't know how the next 32 picks are going to play out. But, uh, you know, it's a possibility that he could be there at 59. Really long player. Uh, the effort is tremendous. He makes some plays that he has no business making just based off his effort, uh, relentless motor. Um, and he's another guy you feel like he has yet to play his best football, uh, talking about Peyton Turner. So uh, a lot of guys to like at key positions that the Browns are going to be looking at. You could argue that aside from quarterback, the three most impressive positions this year in terms of depth in the first three rounds, wide receiver, corner, and pass rusher. And that's exactly kind of how it lines up for what Cleveland's probably looking for in those early rounds. Listen, man, you made a ton of great points there, especially the end, <clears throat> how this whole thing lines up. Those positions they kind of need are are those positions that are deep, that they can get at various points, and you love that flexibility. Um, to me, another great point embedded in there, Peyton Turner, fantastic, really like him, grew so much 19-20 to 20 film, man. He really looked yeah. like an actual – I mean, he looked the part in 19, but he then played the part in 20, and it's like, okay, I see it with that guy. So if he gets to 59, they can get him. That's a home run because you'd have two very freaky get-off-the-bus first guys at the end, and then you had Clowney and all that good stuff. But I want to ask you about another guy because you made a good point about Bateman. You made a good point about Elijah Moore. Love those guys. We've talked about them here a lot. If they get to 26 again and 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 some things have gone maybe awry, and I'm not even sure they need to go awry, if JOK gets there, Julian Owusu-Koromo, mm. if he gets there, I don't think – listen, I li- people talk about it. It's a very easy position to peg. Hey, the Browns need an upgraded linebacker. Okay, cool. Right. I get it. But they have a different frame of mind than most people going into this thing with their – we treat this position as as minimally financially as we possibly can, running back of the defense, whatever. Not, not a secret. Some people it is. I don't think to you. I think you know that. So when it comes to like guys like Jamin Davis and Bolton and, 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 and Zayvon Collins, I just don't see the natural fit. But with JOK, it's different. You know, he's a safety hybrid, in my opinion. He can play that rover that some people call a monster, Viper, whatever. Do you see a guy that has, if you're watching it from the Browns' perspective, does he have enough flexibility to make you feel like, yeah, we're taking a linebacker here, but this guy is more of a defensive specialist for us. Is that a guy that you think fits? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, you have to be comfortable with how he fits in your scheme and how you have to have a plan for him. You can't just say, oh, we'll, we'll draft him and figure out later. You have to have a plan for him, and I think his best fit is probably as that rover, which is what he played at Notre Dame in that Clark Lee uh, defense. 
Uh, it was tailor-made for him, uh, where you know he's not your traditional stack linebacker. Play him over the slot, and he can do it. I mean, he can cover slot receivers, and it's just kind of crazy the twitch that he shows, the long speed, and then he's one of the more explosive blitzers you're going to see at the position. So you could do so many things with him. You just have to kind of have a plan. And, you know, I think with – you look at the safety position, and all of a sudden – you know, it was a, a weakness on this roster, but now it's kind of trending towards uh, maybe being a strength with Delpit coming back and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bringing Johnson in and, uh, you know, Ronnie Harrison, you you have, uh, you know, hoped for as being a strong contributor for this roster. So, you know, you're uh, all of a sudden safety, you're you're encouraged by what we have. And, and then you throw in a guy like JOK into the mix, who is a maybe a linebacker on paper, but he's really going to play more of a box role, uh, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever you want to call it. He's he's going to, uh, and I think what he does, it, he helps you with your personnel packages where you don't have to, you know, nickel and base and dime, whatever. You can leave him on the field in any situation and use him, deploy him in different ways. If I, I don't think we're going to have to worry about this because I don't think he makes it 26, but if he does, he'd be awfully tough to pass on if, if you're the Browns, uh, you know, regardless of what your roster looks like. I I don't I don't think they would pass on to be honest, but I'm not sure he lasts that long. Two other key questions I want to get to before we part ways. If the Browns say going into this draft, we've plugged every defensive hole we want to plug, we can truly go best player available, but we want a dude. Is it wild? This is a guy that keeps coming up because the Browns, it's no secret they need another corner in some form or fashion. Maybe they solve it before or after the draft. Steven Nelson, Brian Poole, there's some guys out there. If they want to go get a corner, like a guy, is J.C. Horn worth trading up to the 15 range to go get, in your opinion? We'll see. It's probably going to cost at least a third uh, to go up there, right? So maybe even another pick to get that probably. high. Maybe even another into next year, like a third and a second next year, right. something like that. Right. And as much as I like JC Horn, I, that's too rich for me. And I don't see him doing it. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a much better chance of trading back than they're trading up. And I like JC Horn. He's a good player. Uh, yeah. You know, well built. He's physical. Uh, the coaches rave about when he was a true freshman and he showed up, he was the dude. Uh, the first day he showed up, he was part of the culture change there. And you'd love to hear that. I mean, some team you look at the, uh, the Cowboys at 10, uh, the Eagles at 12, the Chargers at 13. I think one of those teams uh, are going to get a really good player with J.C. Horn. So I, I think that, you know, if he starts to fall a little bit, it's worth kind of considering and, and, and you know, uh, talking about it. But at the end of the day, I just, I, I, I'd be very surprised if they did. I think something to keep in mind here is, and this is what I think we're going to see a few teams do, is maybe trade picks this year for future picks. With the uncertainty yeah. of everything going around this year, uh, it's just harder to be confident about some of these players when you don't get the FaceTime with them. You don't get facility visits. You don't get, you know, the area scouts haven't been on campus. So there are some missing pieces of the evaluation. So do not be surprised when, you know, they trade a fourth rounder this year for a third rounder next year or a third round, one of those third rounders for a second next year. I, 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 I would not be shocked at all if they did something like that. Try to be creative for the future picks uh, next year when – Hopefully, we have a little more normal process. For sure. Last thing I'll leave you with, two questions, kind of a two-parter here. It's along the defensive and offensive line. Interior guys, kind of another position, interior D-line, where it's like there's not a ton at the top of this thing, but it kind of stretches a little bit. Is there a guy you think fits there? Because, you know, after Sheldon Richardson, 
You know, they, they have Malik Jackson. They got some guys here. Andrew Billings are all one-year deals. So they don't have much clarity at that position other than Jordan Elliott, who has a lot to prove. Uh, right. They don't have much clarity there. So is there a guy you like for their fit there? And then as we close here, offensively, zone scheme heavy. Any interior guys, because J.C. Treader's getting older, Joel Batonio's getting older, might target a guy there too. So kind of each side of the line there, anybody that you think uh, off the top of your head fits with the Browns, maybe mid to late round mold. If you're going to list the most, uh, you know, the best positions in this year's draft, defensive tackle is probably at the bottom. Uh, not, not probably, it is at the bottom. Um, yeah. And so it's just not a great group of guys. Um, there's some talent there, obviously. Um, but I don't know that there's one that really stands out as being, okay, they need to go get this guy. I mean, a guy like Jay Tufele from USC is a quality player, but he's an opt-out and there's some questions there. Uh, you could get him probably in the third round. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be an impact guy for you uh, in the next two years. I think he's going to need some time, but he would be a guy worth rolling the dice on at that point. Um, you know, you look at a guy like uh, Aleem McNeil at NC State, it's where I had the Browns going in my mock draft. Uh, a yeah. freaky mover for 6'2", 317 pounds. Uh, you know, I think he's a little bit of an interchangeable guy where he could play the the one technique. He could maybe play over the B gap. He could do some different things. And I think there's there's some untapped potential there. He was a linebacker in high school, and they just packed on the pounds. Uh, and, you know, he you know he's kind of still adjusting to interior defensive line life. But I think there's a lot of things going for him. He, he's still 20 years old. He tested really well. There's a lot of things going for him that I think will appeal to the Browns uh, in the third round range. You know, on offense, um, you know, I think the interior of the offensive line is a really strong group this year. So I think there will be some some guys late third, early fourth uh, that might make some sense. I, I, you know, you look at a guy like Kendrick Green from Illinois, former wrestler, 6'2", 305, can play guard, can play center. Perfect in his zone scheme. Uh, really twitchy athlete for a guy that size. Um, I, I think Kendrick Green in the late third would make a ton of sense uh, for this team. A guy that gives you some position flex uh, as a backup and then a guy that you envision starting for you uh, going into year two. So uh, I, I think Kendrick Green is definitely a name to keep on the radar. Listen, Dane, so many names that we've heard, some names we haven't heard. You enlightened us. We cannot thank you enough, my man. Tell everybody where to find you and where they can buy your uh, draft guide. I appreciate that, Jake. You know, it's uh, it, it, the, the draft guide is free with your subscription to The Athletic. So make sure you're a subscriber. You get all the content on the site, um, and you get the draft guide as part of it. So I think it's a, it's a great deal. And listen, if you like the NFL draft at all, I can promise you, you will not be disappointed with the draft guide. Everything you could possibly want on every prospect is in there from the NFL verified pro day data to uh, the, all the analysis, obviously all the background information. So um, hopefully, you know, you go check it out. And like I said, I promise you won't be disappointed. Well, again, thanks, Dan. We appreciate you, man. And uh, good luck with the rest of the draft. And, and hopefully we'll connect over the summer here. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Jake. Yep. All right, guys, that's a wrap for today's show. I cannot thank Dane enough. He was He's gracious. He's got everybody under the sun calling that man to, to get him on and talk to him. He's great. Make sure you're following him. Make sure you're getting his draft guide at The Athletic. Again, subscribe to this YouTube channel so you get ping when we go live. Make sure you subscribe and give us a review on uh, iTunes or whatever Spotify you use for our uh, for whatever you get your podcast from. We appreciate that. And give us a $1 free month at the OBR and check out Dane's work at The Athletic, too. I appreciate everybody for coming out. If you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter or in the Insider section at the OBR. Appreciate you. And as usual, go Browns. Have a great weekend.